Okay. Do you, you got the glasses? Yeah, we got the glasses. The shawl looks good. Okay. Straighten it out. Hang on. Okay. Uh, did anybody bring a fake cane? We couldn't even bring the cane in. Well, there's no way for it to hold a cane. We got that sweater dress buttoned on front. I think it's fine. Okay, okay. We got it. Oh, wait. Mask on the Let face. Me, yeah, yeah. We put the mask and then it'll look more like a face. Yeah. Plus, we can wear masks in these airports anyway. You gotta be careful. She's immunocompromised. That's a good point. That's gonna help us. Do I have anything to declare? Uh, well, I do declare this is the greatest country whatever was created. Objects? No, she's not an object. How dare you say How this about dare my, you my, call my aunt? I, we're, I, I'm, I'm offended on Rob and Rob's I, aunt's behalf. I can't even, I almost don't have words. What's your aunt's this. name? Mildred? Mildred. On Mildred, Mildred's behalf Aunt here. Mildred, I, uh, Auntie Mildred over here. But she's mute and she has gigantism, but that's no reason to call her a thing, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're sorry. Sure, sure you are, buddy. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. We'll go ahead and go through. Uh, you got that bottle of ayahuasca? I got the mezcal with the rattlesnake in it. Yeah, so some natives helped us when our, uh, our uh, Rob's aunt fell ill, and yeah. uh, they helped us drag her over a mountain, uh, and... Uh, we exchanged gifts, and they gave us this, I think it's ayahuasca. It's like some sort of mashed-up boiled vine that they gave us. They yeah. said it would be a real good time. I and these, know. like, awesome necklaces with explorer ears is what they were called. I, I guess, don't know what kind of plant that is. I think it's like some kind of mushroom. <laughs> what? Human, human ears. ears. I don't think so. That's ridiculous. Why would they give us human ears? That's that's a wild accusation. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we'll leave the ears. You're going to disrespect the gifts of the native peoples yeah, like that. Yeah. I don't know. In, the, in the form of human ears. Their culture is different. There's no reason to discriminate. I mean, anyway. You know, maybe they should be more careful in those areas. That's all I'm saying. We can't take the ayahuasca either. Look, I don't know that it's ayahuasca. <laughs> we, it could just be aloe vera for all we know. <laughs> yeah, I did say it was ayahuasca. All right, fine. Can we take the mezcal? <laughs> all right, well, yeah, well. There we go. Cool. Oh, all right, onward. Wow. Ooh, can't believe we uh, got away with that. Yeah, I'm surprised that worked. Well, I think the ride's almost here. It said like three minutes, so let's uh, light her up. Yeah. I assume we light that string. I don't know how it regenerated the string. I'm not going to ask those kind of specific questions. You know, maybe it's not it. our business. This is an act of God. So we're going to light this shit up and see what the podcast is going to be about this week, and we'll let's I'll get to it. reading about it during the Uber ride. Yeah. This marble thing up, little piece this. of paper inside. It says this. Haitian Revolution. That's cool. I always wanted to learn about that shit. Word up. Crazy. Do 
Today, Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Kill your masters. Or, this is the problem with everything, episode 223. Yeah, buddy, what's happening? How's it going? How are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm okay. How, how, how are you doing? I'm all right. I learned a lot of shit about Haiti that I'm about to tell you and the listeners. So, well, that's exciting. I am excited. I didn't bring any rum, but I brought some Belgian beers. That's cool. I wish we... Uh, it's probably for the best. Rum is kind of a uh, hangover juice, you know? It, it, mostly because people add sugar to it. But Hardy is made of sugar. I know. It's rough. They do it to hide those rough edges. I started off, I would drink rum and Coke. And I was like, I don't even like Coke. So then I started drinking rum and Sprite, which was kind of just to be different. You know, no one drinks <laughs> rum and Sprite. But then that was too sweet. So then I just started drinking vodka soda. <laughs> <laughs> the lime juice can be all the sugar I need. Lime juice is nice. Uh, so, hey, I'm Holiday Rob. Hi, I'm Loki Sapfoot. And this is the Problem With Everything podcast. We do it every week. You can check it out from our anchor.fm slash the problem with everything. Yeah, or just wherever you listen to podcasts. It's probably there. Literally, you can just put the Problem With Everything podcast into the Google machines and it'll uh, pop out that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hang out with me online, I do, a po- I do a stream a stream on Twitch every week at Holiday Rob. Also at Holiday Rob on TikTok, uh, Patreon, but not at Twitter. Uh-uh. You can you can not check me out at not holiday rob. Uh. It's very confusing. You can't find me on any of that shit. Actually, you can. I mean, I'm on Twitter at Sapfoot, but I don't use it anymore, and it's locked. So you could go there. You can send me messages and follow me, but I won't see them. I might <laughs> check it like months from now, but who knows? Um, if you really really want to get a hold of me, best way you could probably do that: email the show tpwe dot pod at gmail dot com. Uh, or you can get at the show on Instagram, tpwe.pod on Instagram. Uh, yeah. Hot diggity. Um, yeah, I went to Carlsbad, checked out those caves. You ever been there? Uh, no. Shit is fucking wild. You gotta I go. I heard it's amazing. It's I want to go back on psychedelic drugs. Oh my God. When that I'm would, afraid, kind of, that, that I'll fall in the bottomless pit. Very terrifying. I'd have some, like, The Descent movie moments. It's like 700 feet below the surface. It's nuts. I hiked in. It smells like bat shit. There's like a switchback. Yeah. It, was it very ammonia-y, like cat pee? Very similar to cat pee. Uh, yeah, very similar. I'd probably wear a mask. It was pretty gross. I was worried about getting that toxin, the cat pee toxin or Toxoplasmosis. Whatever. Don't, because people go crazy. There's like bat shit crazy. People that shovel yeah, guano yeah. <laughs> for a living get they have neurological issues. It's probably the same as the toxoplasm or whatever. Yeah. Um anyway. I uh, highly recommend Carlsbad Caverns. That's what I did last week. That sounds like fun. It was cool. Should go sometime. I saw a restaurant in Artesia called uh Dari Lea restaurant. Dari Lea. All I saw when I read that was diarrhea. So <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I wonder if that was what they were trying to get you to do. I had hemorrhoids when I was camping. (laughs) Ah. Anyway. (laughs) That's no fun. Yeah. Who brought that camping gear? Who makes a a s'more there? It's because I keep eating at places like Darilea Cafe or whatever. All right. um, Should we talk about some slaves? uh, Well, let's do a ripped. Yeah, let's get ripped. You want to get ripped? From the headlines. Ripped. 
from the headlines. Uh, this week's ripped from the headlines. <clears throat> Ken Starr died. Oh, crazy. That's and, the guy uh, that investigated Clinton's blowjob? Right. And uh, protected Epstein at one point. Represented uh-huh. and protected Epstein. I think yeah. I knew about that. Yeah. So yeah, not the coolest guy, huh? No, he's a real piece of shit. I'm glad yeah. he's dead. Um, my only regret is that it didn't happen sooner. Uh, speaking of dead people, the Queen is still dead. And, Holla! Uh, <laughs> and proving that you can continue to have a carbon footprint even after you die on her final farewell tour. Oh, yeah? yeah. Uh, so. uh, well, because they're shipping her body all over the place so people can line up for hours and go really? look at a closed ca- closed casket. Yeah. What the fuck? In fact, she was in Scotland for a while, and I was like, why don't they just steal the body and be like, yo, give us Sterling Castle back, and you can have your queen's dead body. <laughs> uh, word. But, uh, yeah, that would, uh, that, would be, that would be something that I would... Uh, what a weird thing to do. Go to jail for. Tour the corpse around. It's not even open casket. No. It's not like a linen situation no. where it's all preserved and no, shit. No, you don't even get to see Queenie to say goodbye to the Is old she even gal. in there? I don't even buy that she's in there. It's actually just her corgis. They freeze dried them and threw them in there. <laughs> um, and then lastly, uh, we're still, I think we're still in the throes of a possible railroad strike, which would uh, definitely push economy, prices, uh, inflation. Last and, uh, I heard, they had. Uh, sorry, last I heard, they had staved it off. So what it was about is not necessarily money, but um, the fact that people who work the railroad system, especially drivers, have to have 24-7 availability. Jesus. At any time they can be called, so they can't make plans for stuff. They do have some PTO, but they do not have the kind of PTO that anybody else why is that? Offered. They just don't have enough people that do it, or what? Um, I don't know if things got tightened up, or if there have just been less people, or if uh, you know the negotiation hasn't been done well, or this is just like a holdout from back in the day when probably shit was real fucked up labor wise, and they Cause, just kind of held on. Yeah, because they were able to give on the wage, I guess, but I'm not exactly sure the ins and outs of why they haven't given up on you know, like uh, I don't know, being able to plan a funeral. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. I uh, this I, one of those things. It's like I'm conflicted because I want them to strike so they don't get treated like shit. Right. But I don't want the economy to be destroyed and for the apocalypse to happen quite yet. So I don't know. <laughs> it's very very confusing times. a hearty beer it's not joking around it's not uh haitian we should have gotten a haitian drink is there a haitian beer or a or a, like a liquor a liqueur yeah. they drink uh, rum there but pretty sure i'm pretty sure that's the caribbean drink in general caribbean made from molasses caribbean drink all right let's get into this shit we're learning about the haitian revolution sure uh, i got a lot of shit here we're gonna try to make it through it uh, so it starts off uh, around the mid-1700s. There was the French colony of Saint-Domingue. I'm going to pronounce all this shit bad. I don't know how to speak Saint-Dom- French. I'll yeah, do my Saint-Domingue. best. Yeah. Uh, Saint-Domingue. Yeah. Uh, and the plantations there were running shit. They were making crazy amounts of money on sugar, mostly sugar, but they're also growing coffee and indigo, which I don't even know what that's made from, but it's a dye. That was a flower. Yeah, maybe. It's like the flowers in uh, Scanner Darkly or some shit. But the sugar was the main thing, and it was fucking brutal to work on because you had to cut through it with a machete, and it was thick. 
and the sugar plant would all, would cut you up. It's still dangerous today. People yeah. wear pads when they do it to this day because they can cut their own leg off. Yeah, they weren't giving the slaves pads. No. Because you're also using a giant machete and you can get disoriented cutting through the cane. Then you have to boil the cane down and people would like fall into the boiling and die. Or they they had like machines that would grind it up or they get their arms caught in. Yeah. It was super dangerous. Not Brutal. only that, uh, there was... Uh, there's plague in the new world like oh. no one's immune system could handle that shit yeah so people were dying of uh yellow fever i guess was the main thing yeah uh but the english called it the black vomit the black which vomit. i like um but yeah so they had to keep but they were also making bank right the the sugar plantation so they kept bringing in new slaves all the time to replace them and uh it basically became the policy that they would just work people to death. Like it was like chances are like, cause more than half the slaves were dying of disease yeah. and also just bad conditions. Yeah. But there's like, chances are we're going to have to replace this guy anyway. So like, let's just give him the minimum amount of food, clothing, medical care, shelter, let him basically work to death at a young age. Cause over the average of all our slaves, you know, shit's dark. Maybe a trigger <laughs> warning at the beginning of this. Right. <laughs> um, but the other thing about the constant turnover of the slaves is that they stayed isolated more. Like, because most of them were dying, the ones that didn't die uh, didn't have to assimilate to the new uh, world culture because new people that had similar cultures to theirs were always coming in you know what i mean interesting okay um so they were more isolated like their language and religion stayed around more than slaves in other colonies interesting which is what led to voodoo being a thing it was like a kind of a more money more problems situation uh, <laughs> <laughs> for the french or for the whom <laughs> for the french for the slave owners because it's like we got and they're bringing in mad slaves right and it's like the they have so many plantations and it takes so much labor to get the sugar that they're outnumbered 10 to one around like 1789 right when this shit's all about to pop off revolution wise yeah they're outnumbered 10 to one so people are already nervous about like slave uprisings and whatnot not to mention they're giving them machetes well so let's <laughs> let's break it down it's the grand blancs at the top who right. are the slave owners landowners yeah there's the petite blancs which are the like i guess lower class whites not necessarily French. lower class but as servant much as class and yeah so they were like the admin at the plantations like they worked there right okay the big whites were barely even there they were just a force well, that's true they they were usually in france yeah they didn't want to <laughs> be right. there they didn't want to die of yellow fever they um, didn't want to be in the heat so then then you have the uh there's like a colored nobility yeah so there was this was like the best place to be black like it wasn't still in great but it was no. one of the best places uh, you were still regarded below the petite blancs but you were definitely well above and able to own land above right the yeah, you could own land. You could get rich. Yeah. Like, there were rich as fuck people. They're free people of color. Uh, like, all the shit I was reading and listening to kept calling them the free coloreds, but I don't want to say coloreds over and over. <laughs> well, uh, and that's what's weird is that um, that idea exists also in South Africa. When they brought apartheid, it was black, whites, and colored. 
And, uh, right. Well, yeah, because the mixing is a big deal with this. Um, it's it's kind of like Jewishness, where like if your mom was free, you're free. Well, if uh, I, what I was going to allude to was on this podcast once upon a time, we did talk about slavery, uh, slave laws in like South or North Carolina. And uh, if you were born of a slave, you were not free. You were slave. If you gave a uh, birth giver of a slave, you were not free. So you could be a white woman, get pregnant by a slave, also be a slave. You could be a mulatto or indigenous, also a slave, not free. And a criminal, slave, not free. So this, it, this is a little bit different. It seems like it was a little bit more progressive in, in Haiti. In Haiti. Okay. In, well, at the time, it was Saint-Domingue. Okay. It wasn't called Haiti until right. like 1805 or something. I mean, shit. yeah. Yeah, it is, uh, yeah, like the free people of color, actually, and even before like stuff started, uh, the revolution started happening, mm-hmm. uh, like in the years leading up to that, it was even more equal there. Like they, they were pretty much free citizens. Like if you were not a slave, but you were black or or uh, yeah, mulatto or <laughs> quadroon, uh, <laughs> mixed. Yeah, like if you were mixed race, <laughs> like a bag of nuts, or even if you were just black, because uh, there were Creoles, right? Creole, and it's regardless of race, Creole means you were born in the new colony. Okay. So, like, over time, the free people of color grew because the white people didn't want to fucking be there, right? Yeah. Even the the small whites, the petit blanc, petit blanc, uh, they didn't want to be there either. Um, but the free people of color were like, shit, we're free now. Like, so they passed shit on to generations and their shit grew over time and the white people's didn't as much. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So by the time revolution starting to happen, uh, the, the whites are getting nervous, right? Uh, there's a quote I want to read. Um, it says by, uh, 1789, everyone hated everyone. This quote is by uh, a French French historian, Paul Fragosi. He says, whites, mulattoes, and blacks loathed each other. The poor whites couldn't stand the rich whites. The rich whites despised the poor whites. The middle class whites were jealous of the aristocratic whites. The whites born in France looked down upon the locally born whites. Mulattoes envied the whites, despised the blacks, and were despised by the whites. Free Negroes brutalized those who were still slaves. Haitian-born blacks regarded those from Africa as savages. Everyone, quite rightly, <laughs> lived in terror of everyone else. Haiti was hell, but Haiti was rich. Wild. So that pretty much sums it up. Like, everyone was, like, out for each other's throats and, like, worried that they were going to get taken over. Like... Because the big whites that were the plantation owners were super worried by this time about the slaves. Yeah. Because um, there were what they what they called maroons, right? Which were uh, escaped slaves, were known as maroons. And let's see, I think it was like 17, uh, 1751 to 1758. This guy named Francois Mackendall was a maroon leader. So he was like in a part of a band of escaped slaves that just like lived in the hills autonomously. Okay. Like how we had also had a discussion about quilombos from uh, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, uh, war, slave war camps. Yeah. And he, so this guy, uh, Francois Mackendall, uh, was like one of the first leaders that like networked the groups of escaped slaves and kind of started to unite them. 
And so they were starting to go on bigger and bigger raids from like the mid 1700s up until the 1780s when revolution started like kicking off. Dang. Yeah. And so like, yeah, there was, so there was more and more tension happening and the slaves that were still slaves were also starting to do little sabotage things. Like they had just, you know, fields or, well, they used the fact that they were all regarded as lesser than mentally to their advantage. Ah. They're just like, I didn't know how to do the thing. And they break (laughs) the machine or whatever, (laughs) sabotage the machine. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> they do stuff like that. And then they would also go on uh, Petit Maroonage, which was like a small uh, maroonage okay. where they leave for a little while. And uh, it's like the slave owners kind of good cop, bad cop them. Mm-hmm. Like they'd kind of let them, they'd, some of them would put up with a little bit of uh, maroonage. Maroonage. Because they knew they'd come back and they knew that it, oh, well, sometimes they'd come back less and less <laughs> as time went on. But at yeah. first they'd come back. Yeah. And, uh, they knew that it would like let off steam, like relieve some of the tension, right? So we can continue to use their labor for low to nothing costs. Right. Yeah. Um, the uh, the big whites were worried more than they were worried about the slaves, about the free people of color. Um, and it was kind of linked because like. So at the same time in the world, right, in France, back in the mainland, back in the homeland, the French Revolution was also happening. Popping off. Yeah. And so, like, enlightenment was, like, the big new philosophy, right? It was, like, people are equal. The age of enlightenment. Yeah. It was basically what we have in... what we pretend we have in this country, <laughs> uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Like that was the big thing. And France pretended they had it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Cause you know, like Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin and shit would hang out in France and philosophize and make laws together. So the sleep with their women. Yes. Right. And you bang those French hoes. So the French revolution and American revolution were happening. Liberty was like the new thing. Right. Yeah. And so it became harder and harder to argue, right? And like for the French, not not the Americans. <laughs> no, we we held out longer. Yes, we're number one. But <laughs> Thomas Jefferson's like, don't you? T- you can pry my fourteen-year-old from my dead, cold hands. <laughs> yeah. So because the uh, the free people of color over generations were getting more powerful than the white people. Yeah. Um, the white people were like, fuck all these laws that France has about how we're supposed to treat slaves. Like, we're not going to go for that shit. They had a thing called the Code Noir, like, um, which was just like the rules on how to deal with slaves, like in French mm-hmm. colonies. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, <laughs> and keep in mind, this is what was too progressive for the fucking <laughs> slave owners in uh, Saint-Domingue. Um, Let's see. It was first established in 1685, but they updated it. It was like a Madden game. Like, they kept coming out with new ones. (laughs) Um, It regulated laws regarding slave behavior and punishments. It converted all slaves to Catholicism. And this one's fun. Expelled all the Jews (laughs) from the French colonies. Isn't that one fun? Just just a little throw in there. Yeah, cool stuff. So progressive they were with their enlightenment. (laughs) Wow. it outlawed the most brutal punishments and gave slaves the right to petition to local judges if their rights had been violated. 
on paper. That probably did never fucking happen, especially yeah. all the way out in Saint Domingue, where they were making bank for France off sugar plantations and were an ocean away. So I doubt there were many, uh, many petitions to the judges or whatever. Um, it also <laughs> established the official racial categories up to one one twenty eighth of blackness. Oh boy! It was like a book of charts and tables of like, all right, so like if your grandma's Asian <laughs> and your grandpa's white and your other grandma's black and your other grandpa's white, and then it just like breaks it down to whatever weird name they had for every single possible racial division. Wow! Yeah, um, a lot of thought put into this. A lot, <laughs> right. of, a lot of time spent. Uh, one of the good things is that uh, it didn't allow families to be sold separately. So, like... Families were able to yeah, stay it was, together. Right, it was a little more... Which, uh, I, that, that, I remember hearing that. They couldn't sell your children out from under you. That was That's how much more progressive it was at the time. Yeah, and so, like, the reason the slavers were upset is they wanted to do stuff like... Uh, cutting fugitive slaves ears off castrating them with boiling sugar um hanging them which i think was probably still allowed by the code noir uh whipping them probably also still allowed yeah um they would execute them by putting gunpowder in their butts and then lighting it and exploding the people with their gunpowder butt just fucking Civil- sadistic civilization right yeah thanks western <laughs> thought for building civilized world excellent uh, oh they would also bury them uh, up to the neck and put sugar all over their heads so the ants would eat them yeah classic 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 shit but classic yeah, so itchy and scratchy so that was the law and whether or not it was enforced um as time went on and the french revolution started happening uh the free people of color, such as, uh, let's see, what's this guy's name? Uh, Julien Raymond. Ooh. Uh, he was a, a Everybody rich... Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. He was all right. He was a rich, free black guy. Um, he was mixed. His dad was a plantation owner. So, I mm. mean, everyone in this, it's kind of like, oh, well, he tried. Um, <laughs> but he... Uh, he petitioned, he went to France and w- went for the, whatever they were, the legislature or whatever the fuck. They still had a king at this point. The but parliament? I don't the know. The parliament, maybe, what the they called it. Parliament. I probably should know that if I learned about that. I can only do so much. <clears throat> That's a lot of stuff to learn. This is a huge, you don't understand people, this is a huge story. Even when, even when we eventually get to the outlaw of slavery, it took like over seven years for it to even be applied. It's one of those right. long games of like where legislation to application, the gap yeah. is just like... And it's <laughs> confusing as shit because the French Revolution's happening and yeah. they keep changing what they are doing. And then it takes a month for them to get here to Saint-Domingue <laughs> to tell them. And that, so it just keeps Everything's like, changed. The new guy's assassin. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so continue. Yeah. So this Julie, uh, Julien Raymond was, uh, he was like part of the Enlightenment thought. Uh, and so he was half black and from uh, the Caribbean and was like uh, petitioning the French government for rights for the free people of color. Like they're supposed to have, but... Um, the local legislation was getting more and more racist in Saint-Domingue. Like, they were, um, because they were worried about being taken over, and they were worried about the slaves getting ideas if they saw the free black men 
because it was a place where slaves sometimes eventually bought their freedom more than other colonies, uh, they were worried about the slaves seeing the free black people getting rights and put and connecting the dots and being like, "What? Why am I different from that guy? Why can't I be free and a citizen also?" Because they outnumbered them ten to one. They're yeah. very worried, yeah. rightly so. And uh, so they, so they, their solution to this was to get way more racist. <laughs> they, they took titles away from the free people of color, so they couldn't be called like sir, whatever yeah. of their. They made it so that uh, they couldn't, if you, if a slave was freed, they couldn't inherit inherit their slave owner's name, which sounds weird that they'd want that, but because of if they inherited the name sometimes they'd get inheritance of land when they died yeah and they would get clout just by having the name of a big plantation right and they so they they were trying to kill all of their their mojo you know like um they uh yeah these are wonderful ideas for failure (laughs) right they couldn't wear a certain uh clothes or jewelry and stuff like because they didn't want them to look fancy yeah um yeah so they got way more racist and that's where the revolution started was the the free black people fighting with the plantation owners just for their rights equal rights as citizens yeah um and then as the slaves started getting more and more uh, antsy and starting to sabotage and the maroon raids were happening maroon um, raids they by the way they captured that guy that was leading the raids and they burned him at the stake but the legend has it that at the last second he used his voodoo powers to turn into a fly and escaped his execution wow so he was like a, a folk legend as the revolt got going more like 30 years later. Yeah. Um, Fly man. And his name was Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> no, his name was, oh. uh, the fuck was his name? Was it? It was Francois Mackendal. Amazing. He was the maroon leader that read, led the rebellion. Um, so in, uh, 1791, Slave rebel leaders and maroons and freedmen all held a secret meeting of about 200 people, August 14th, 1791. They appointed General Georges Biasso, I don't know, I'm probably saying that way wrong, <laughs> Bissau uh, as the leader. Bissau, Bissau. Uh, Let it be so. There were a lot of, uh, again, for the same reason that uh, the free people of color were growing as a population and the whites weren't um they were also more involved in the local military because they're you know they were staying there generation after generation <laughs> gathering more power in every facet of society that's amazing yeah uh-huh. um so it's like all the best generals were black guys um which would come into play later and this is when it started uh the you know the free people were like we can get all the slaves to be soldiers on our side and just run this shit from now on. Like we free the slaves. And so it became more and more popular for the, you know, among the, uh, more noble, uh, classes of, uh, black folks of free black, free color. Yeah. So like they met on the 14th of August and they planned to do it like 10 days later or whatever. They're like, all right, on the same night, we're all just going to fucking attack. Uh, we got them 10 to 1 there's nothing they can do um, 
But some of the slave, one of the plantations, like the local leader got antsy and burned the field like two days early or some shit. Whoa. Or I, I don't know how, I don't know the timeline exactly, but they jumped the gun. Yeah. And then they captured those guys and they like, probably tortured them till they confessed the plan. <sighs> and so for a second there was a hiccup. But then they held another meeting and this one was way bigger. And there's a guy called Duddy Bookman who was a voodoo priest. Can you <laughs> dig it? Yeah, it was like that kind of moment. Yeah, and uh, he held, it was a voodoo ritual slash uh, strategy meeting for uprising. And this was on August 21st. Good and times, really. As he was holding this ceremony, like asking the gods for help with their uprising, uh, a tropical storm formed and like swept in like super dramatically so everyone was like fuck yeah let's do this shit and I think it was that same night they went out and just started killing people like they all just did it that night maybe it was like a day or two later I don't know but they were brutal as fuck I mean understandably so right brutal yeah uh, they you know they raped and pillaged and burned and just maimed and tortured. I mean, all the stuff they'd been fantasizing about seeing happen to them and their friends and family. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck these people for fucking with <laughs> us. Yeah. It's like the fan ultimate fantasy. What to do to slave masters. You know? Yeah. I wonder if any of them got the old, uh, gunpowder up the book. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did everything and more that was done to did them. Did they do a gunpowder, butt centipede is my question. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wild. Yeah. But uh, so one of the things they said that they put the, the heads of children on pikes as like their marching military standards. Yeah. But I'm not sure that's true. Because um, that's one of those things that they always say about like savages. Like they said that about the Indians. Yeah. And I mean, it might even be true about both. If you're pissed off enough. Why not? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about children's heads on pikes. Those kids, they're just kids. Yeah. Eventually, they were going to be racist, slave-owning assholes. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that may yeah, have also you could, just been exaggerated propaganda. You could you could raise them as your own. I mean, there was a lot of, like, horrible things done to children, but they're usually in the, ass, you know, in the... Um, usually have to do with with certain occupations by military forces that are already pretty cruel i mean you know like the japanese did to nanking there was there was you know women getting uh bayoneted pregnant women and having their babies pulled out and i mean it just kind of seems like a domino effect of war like once you don't see the opponent as human yeah so you can kill them why not also rape their women and children and burn everything and destroy everything and maim everybody and do right. horrible things yeah, yeah. It's i mean real common throughout history i mean the today. <laughs> one of the we're drinking belgians um belgian beer by the way and uh one of the things is during the congolese occupation by the belgians uh supposedly some of those poor congolese you know families got eaten by these occupiers by these you know colonizers these slave drivers out of desperation or no, just dominance? Just, yeah, just the horrible, I guess, to see if they could do it or wanted to do it. I don't, I don't really claim to know the, yeah. the mindset of these people ever because I c- just can't understand 
the need to be just like wantonly cruel to people you feel are different than you. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I'm wearing a red hat, but it's not that kind of red hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what is it like general buck naked? Isn't it that guy? That's what he goes by. <laughs> That would attack naked and then eat people. Is that Congolese? Is that who I'm thinking of? I have no some, idea. It was some crazy African warlord guy. Really? He was named that? Yeah, he was like naked. a Christian dictator warlord type. And uh, he would show up naked and murder villages and do all the, the crazy pillaging shit. There was one naked. who was not cool who would, you know, genocide his own you know, neighbors and stuff like that. I can't think of what his name is right now. I mean, I don't think any of this is cool for the record. <laughs> I'm not really down. <laughs> You're down with peace, not eating people. I mean, if I were a slave brought halfway around the world and oh, yeah. had my chance of freedom after oh, yeah. seeing my friends and family tortured my whole oh, yeah. life, I, I might do some, I might build a spider, build a spider out of slave owner limbs. Right. <laughs> on paper, I don't think you should rape and pillage anyone, but like, it's pretty understandable in this case. I think <laughs> everybody's got a <laughs> end of their rope. <laughs> so within like ten days, they had taken over the entire northern half of San Domingue. Yeah, um, they there was like a few militias that were holding out on plantations, but for the most part, they had destroyed everything and killed a lot of white people. Um, said they killed uh, 4,000 white people in like those in the first month. Petit Blancs. Um, no, these revoir. were... Well, these were probably both Petit and uh, if there were any... Big guns around. Big guns at home, or not home, but yeah. at their plantation. I'm yeah. sure they yeah. got them too. Visiting. Well, I know they got Napoleon's brother... No, they didn't get him. Wait, continue. Anyway, I'm sorry. That was his cousin, and it was way later. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, So at this point, the slaves were only demanding freedom from slavery. Um, They weren't against France at all. And slavery, that's all. So that was in 1791 that that shit happened. Um, In 1792, uh, France gave full citizenship to all the free people of color. So this was another blow to the white folks because now they had to be equal to the the rich savages <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Petit Blanc. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they were totally pissed off because they were losing control. Um, so this is where we start talking about Toussaint L'Ouverture, who I'll just call Toussaint because that's easier than the last name, which makes me feel like I'm gagging. <laughs> um he was the son of a white plantation owner and resented the racist laws about free people of color. He also owned a bunch of plantations and slaves, by the way. Um, so there's a lot of debate about this guy, whether he really gave a shit about abolishing slavery or if he just was smart and saw the turning of the tide and used it to get power for himself and try not to be killed. Right. That too. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a little of both. Yeah. Um, yeah, because a lot of people celebrate him as like a fucking superhero of anti-slavery, um, which he did become pretty staunchly anti-slavery, at least in San Domingue. Everybody but my slaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, he was one of the guys that was in France petitioning the government for equal treatment. 
Um, and that's where he met the Enlightenment thinkers and started helping organize and then eventually organized with the slaves and helped them revolt. Um, the reason he allied with the slaves was because it was obviously they had a mutual enemy with the big whites. Like, big whites were holding the free people of color down, and he knew the slaves also didn't like what the big whites were doing to them. Um, so he used his military prowess to help them. Um, he actually wasn't involved, though, in those first, because he was smart, he nominated that other guy, Bissot, or whatever, whatever the fuck his name is, Bissot, or whatever, I don't remember how to say it. Yeah. Uh, he nominated that guy instead of doing it himself, because he didn't want to be public yet. He wanted there to be more momentum before anyone stepping knew in, he was doing Stepping this. into the light. Yeah. And so while that was going on, he helped, that first revolt was going on, he helped his own overseers and plantation admins escape. The white people <laughs> that he employed as slave masters. Theoretically, I want to believe he was, uh, you know, one of the good ones as far as slave masters, because there were nicer ones and worse ones, ones that tolerated petit maronage and didn't, right? Yeah. I want to think he was... I mean, that only makes sense if he would then embrace abolition. But, you know, who knows? Like I said. Maybe it took time. It took time to change his mind. Right. And um, threat of death. <laughs> it's a great motivator. So... In 1793, Spain and Great Britain also went to war with France. <laughs> uh, uh, the big whites sided with Great Britain because Great Britain promised they were going to make San Domingue great again. Ah. So they were going to return it to all the cool shit that all the big whites loved. <laughs> Very interesting. All yeah. the, uh, the lawlessness and uh, do whatever you want to your slaves to get the most out of them kind of shit. Mm, sounds um, familiar. Right. Um, Toussaint didn't fight with France because he didn't trust the new government there because they had just had the revolution, kicked the king out and whatnot, and it was still new, and he was like, there's a lot of people there that want to reestablish slavery, so I don't really trust them, <laughs> and Spain is telling me that they'll hook me up. So he went with Spain, and so did like all the other uh people of color generals not all but all the big ones that mattered um there's a big speech that he gave at uh camp Terrell to the black population of san domingue on the 29th of august 1793 this is another can you dig it moment he said brothers and friends i am toussaint l'ouverture perhaps my name has made itself known to you i have undertaken vengeance i want liberty and equality to reign in san domingue I am working to make that happen. Unite yourselves to us, brothers, and fight with us for the same cause. And they did. Um, there was uh, the new. Uh, there was a new uh, governor from the French government there, trying to just fucking hold shit together, right? Doing whatever he could to <laughs> hold on while shit was going <laughs> crazy everywhere in the country. Yeah. And uh, that same day, he declared slavery abolished in the northern part of the country, which didn't really matter, because they already had won, basically. But, <laughs> but the fight was ongoing, so he thought that by doing that, he would save himself, first of all, being the guy that abolished slavery. <laughs> Um, but I'm like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Who's that? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. In a hundred years, um, sixty, seventy. The uh, so he got out of there, declared it northern uh, Haiti. 
Yeah, in the northern area, he declared slavery abolished. But everyone was like, yeah, you obviously don't have the authority to do that. You're just talking (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yes, it is. Thank you for noticing. (laughs) So that everyone loved uh, Toussaint, right? He was the man. Like, he was super popular. He wasn't a politician, but everyone knew who he was. And he, like, his force was the best. And, like, all his soldiers were, like, the best force. And everyone followed him, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, he fought for Spain initially, but then late in 1793, uh, there was, like, a new top general that was in charge there, and he didn't give a shit about the slavery stuff that was promised to Toussaint and his friends. Um, and they started ordering uh, all the the f- local French generals, not, not French, but the local uh, Haitian, local Saint-Domingue generals that were working for Spain, started ordering them to gather children so they could sell them. And they were like, nah, we're not fucking doing that shit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so he went back to the French. Because um, at the same time, um, in uh, what was like early uh, 1794, French, uh, France officially abolished slavery in all their colonies, like officially. Um, 1794. Yeah. Okay. And the quote, uh, because they were they were at war with Britain, and Britain wanted to make Saint Domingue great again and make all the colonies (laughs) great again. So it was like kind of the same way that Lincoln. (laughs) Used emancipation to swing momentum in the Civil War. Yeah. They did it kind of as a blow to Great Britain. Um, when they announced it, they said, Representatives of the French people, until now our decrees of liberty have been selfish and only for ourselves. But today we proclaim it to the universe and generations to come will glory in this decree. We are procra- proclaiming universal liberty. We are working for future generations. Let us launch liberty into the colonies. The English are dead today. <laughs> that last part kind of comes out of nowhere, right? But, um, so in April of 1794, the Spanish troops that were formerly under uh, Toussaint's command were ambushed coming out of church by the French. And then like a month later... Another reason I don't go to church. <laughs> right? A lot of stuff happens outside of church. Yeah, that happened in The Godfather, too. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Um, no one knows that Toussaint was responsible for like selling out his army's position, but like a month later, he officially went to the French. So like he probably, probably helped ambush him. Um, no good. Yeah. Um, France kicked Spain out of San Domingue by 1795. Um, sorry, Spain. Yeah, they were out. In uh, 1795 and 96, Toussaint was, like, making speeches and shit and becoming more of a leader. And he was actually uh, trying to unite. He was kind of like Biden. Like, he didn't want to do anything to the fascists. He wanted to bring them back in, (laughs) help let them be part of the rebuilding. Yeah. Um, Which, that's why people debate whether he was just selfish or whether he gave a shit about abolition. Yeah. this is where it gets murky. Like, there's a lot of back and forth. Like, France keeps changing its laws. There's different general generals that vie for control. Mm. Like, new governors and shit. Okay. Um, 
I don't really have to go into all that shit because it's confusing and. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's pretty lengthy too. Yeah, <laughs> and girthy. <laughs> um, but basically, what happened that really put Toussaint into power was there was another general that tried to overtake the current French governor, who was weak by this point, because um, there was a lot happening in France. It, and they were at war with other countries. Anyway, this guy... Kicked, a bit stretched thin. Right. This guy kicked the governor out, and uh, Toussaint arrived with his forces, saved the governor, kicked the new guy out, and reinstated the governor for France. And because of that, he was then appointed lieutenant governor. Then he encouraged the governor to go run for a seat in Parliament of France because he was such a good guy. Right? We really <laughs> wanted to get him out of there so he could be the governor of Saint-Domingue himself, <laughs> which basically happened. I don't think it was official, but with that guy gone, he was in charge, so he just started running shit in the whole country. Um, and people liked him, and... Uh, yeah, he was in charge for months, but then there was a thing called the War of Knives where one of the old generals challenged him, and they fought for a few months. Um, but eventually, Toussaint and his friends defeated the rebels uh, just in time for Napoleon to take over France. Ah. Uh, they were pretty worried Napoleon wasn't very keen on abolition like the old government was. In fact, I think... Didn't they reinstitute slavery? Eventually, they tried to, yeah. yeah. Or they did in French colonies. Yeah, right. tried to in Saint-Domingue to Didn't, not much yeah. success. No, <laughs> which is such, that is like such a great, okay, anyway, continue. Um, yeah, he said he, he promised that there were, they were going to keep slavery, slavery illegal. Yeah. But Toussaint didn't trust him. Um, and he also forbid Toussaint uh, from invading Santo Domingo, which is part of the same island that's now Haiti but the Spanish owned part of it but they weren't nearly as big shit as the French side like okay. they weren't making money and they didn't have big cities like the French side did they just wanted a little yeah piece of it and so Napoleon uh, forbade him from invading and taking that over because he was worried that he was going to try to declare independence Ah. Uh, and then all of that happened uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> Napoleon sent his cousin, who was named uh, Charles Leclerc, which looks like Leclerc, but it's Leclerc. Ah. Um, and they fought for a while. Uh, this is all probably pretty interesting, but not as interesting as when the slaves rose up, so I kind of glossed over all the second half of it. Um, the most interesting part to me is whether or not Toussaint is like, really gives a shit about abolition or only kind of does or is just kind of using it for his own convenience devices. it's very convenient right now right to be pro-abolition right exactly um yeah the napoleon uh sent his cousin and the cousin at first tried to make deals with toussaint and his generals and to be like you guys will get to still be big shit Right. <laughs> All you got to do is sell out your people and you'll still get to be big generals. Make we'll take money. the country back over. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. Like, <laughs> everyone trusts us and loves us and we can beat you. Um, so uh, the thing that General Christophe wrote back to Leclerc, he said, uh, 
You will only enter the city of Cap. That was uh, Cap de Francais, was like the capital, is in the northern part. You'll only enter the city of Cap after having watched it reduced to ashes. And even upon these ashes, I will fight you. <laughs> so they lit their own city on fire as a fuck you to the people who were coming to invade it. Yeah. Uh, just basically saying, like, don't you know I'm loco? Like, that was basically the move. Uh, scorched earth, you know? Yep. It's good policy. Yeah. Um, and at that point, Leclerc was like, nope, y'all are outlaws to the country of France, and everyone that loves France should try to kill you. And so eventually that same guy, Christophe, made a deal uh, with France and sold out Toussaint. Toussaint was arrested in uh, uh, 1802 and deported to France. And his quote was, uh, in overthrowing me, you have cut down Saint-Domingue only the trunk of the Tree of Liberty. It will spring up again from the roots, for they are numerous and they are deep. Um, So then another guy, uh, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, finished the rebellion, uh, officially declared the independent nation of Haiti in 1804. Um, and then massacred three to five thousand white slave owners, oh. uh, which they get criticized for. But again, like I'm not that mad about it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think, uh, man, just like the I don't I don't think people realize. So, what we've been talking about has happened over almost a twenty year period. By this point, this is year eighteen, roughly, or oh four, right. year seventeen. So. <sighs> This is this has been a long, decades-long experience of brutality. Watching new people come in, people die all the time. Rev, you know, the steps of a revolution every time, gaining ground, losing ground. Uh, so continue. Yes. So yeah. they went ahead and and butchered a bunch of, pe- a bunch right. of people. They they finally uh, got to power. It was the first and one of the only successful slave revolution slave revolts in history yeah um it was the first independent black-led nation in the world um it was also the first independent nation in all of latin america dang uh yeah so it's pretty badass even if they massacred some white folks who may or may not have deserved that shit um, um so one thing that helped them during that revolution was uh so Napoleon sent his cousin in to enforce, you know, uh, slavery and was obviously met with plenty of opposition. Nobody wanted it. Nobody needed them there. Nothing like that needed to happen. I don't think they declared. I think they were kind of cagey about whether they were going to do slavery again, kind of playing both sides yeah. of the argument. But, I mean, he sent him there, to, you know, and with a bunch of soldiers and then sent more. People suspected they were going to. And yeah. what ended up killing them off was, I believe, yellow fever. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of them got sick. It was kind of reverse of what happened on the continent of North America. A right. bunch of them got sick and they died off and they couldn't fight. And so eventually yep. they had to kind of yield because they didn't have the numbers anymore from disease. Yep. Yeah. And it was kind of that same situation of how the people that lived there over generations got stronger in the area. Invading armies don't have a chance because like two thirds of them die from fucking black vomit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they eventually kicked Napoleon out. Uh, that guy, uh, fuck was his name? Let me get his name again. Uh, Jacques, 
Jean-Jacques Dessalines. Uh, he was declared the first emperor of Haiti, Jacques I, under a new constitution in 1805. Uh, but then they assassinated him a year later. A year people later. were like, emperor? I don't think so. Well, and then, you know, I'm sure there were other parties that were vying for power as right. well. It was a very games, it's a very games of throny right. type of existence on top of that. Then you have people, I guess, rewriting the constitution here and there. Yeah. And then at some point, the French government wants to get, I don't know if they want to get involved with the French government. The French government wants to get involved with them. But the French government says, well, yeah, you can do it for, uh, it was like a hundred million plus francs, like 140 million. Yeah. Francs. I didn't get into that. That was part of the negotiation, but yes, go on. But yeah. So they finally paid that off while taking into debt and then kind of ended up being destabilized again through their right. borrowing for that. Yeah. Because they negotiated uh, when they negotiated their independence from France, they agreed to pay them a bunch of money, like a shitload of money. Well, how much was it? Well, that was 140 million francs. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds like a lot. I don't inflation. I don't know. You know but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they owed them, and they paid France for years and years, even after they were an independent country, and it like fucked up their economy. You know, like they couldn't really get shit off the ground as much because they had to keep paying all this money to France. Um, yeah, it was uh oh, it was about let's see, yeah, Haiti paid 112 uh, million francs or about 560 million in 2022 terms. It's fucked up. So, so it's kind of helped it not be as stabilized as it could have. There were just a bunch of a bunch of <laughs> issues right off the bat. Fighting for one's freedom just because you're free doesn't mean you know necessarily what do you set up in in lieu of that system you know it's not that the right. slave system is perfect but it's operating in some way you need a mechanism after that in order to continue a, a working society unfortunately yeah and i guess one of the, i might be wrong about this but i think one of the reasons they assassinated him it might not have been him it might have been someone after him i could be wrong but i think he instituted serfdom as a solution to them being poor for having to pay france uh, so it was kind of like sharecropping or whatever yeah but or serfdom. feudalism yeah <laughs> it's i guess is better than slavery but not by much you know like you're still bound to the land you're on forever i mean capitalism and, is is uh yeah. is bound to money so right uh, yeah, I mean things have improved, but not enough. Right. Um, I found out the name Haiti is derived from the indigenous Taino Arawak name for the entire island of Hispaniola. Which, yeah, that was Hispaniola was the French Saint Domingue and Santo Domingo. The whole island was Hispaniola. Okay. Because um, I guess the Spanish had it before the French, but weren't making any money, so they just like gave it to the French in like 1500 or some shit. Um, not gave it, but you know what I mean. They yeah. took it over, and then they started making bank. Anyway, uh, yeah, they they called it Haiti, which meant land of mountains. So that's what Haiti is. Haiti, land of mountains. Because I believe there's a volcano. I don't know if it's old or new or what, but. Well, I know it's they a, had a real a, bad earthquake there a few a, years a ago. A volcanic island. Yeah. Um, the Cre final created by a volcano. The uh, the final count, uh, 
350,000 Haitians died. That includes everyone. Slaves, free black people, little whites, big whites. But 350,000 Haitians died during this. And I'm not sure why there's such a big uh, span here, but 50,000 to 100,000 European troops died. So I guess there's conflicting reports or something. I'm not sure why. Maybe some um, tried to defect, leave go somewhere else right went to the went to other islands went so to maybe the americas they, didn't went die, to they became pirates or something yeah they got out, got out of out their of there. situation maybe i don't know i don't know the mass don't know. exodus of soldiers yeah i'm not sure it's maybe it's different propaganda reported it differently could be. depending on who said it so yeah. no one really knows the truth now could be like well we sent a hundred thousand and really they sent like fifteen thousand yeah. So, yeah. And then my uh, sword's made out of rubber. What's yours made out of? <laughs> <laughs> so after they assassinated uh, Emperor Jacques the First, they plunged into civil war, and that's a whole to be continued situation because <laughs> that's considered the end of the revolution and the beginning of the Haitian civil, civil war. So oh. That's where I get off this yeah, week. I'm yeah, done talking. You're done. Well, I'm not necessarily. But wow. I'm done teaching. You ah. Uh, the class has any questions professor i probably Loki. don't know the answers because <laughs> i just literally said everything i know about the asian revolution uh so what spurred this top topic on besides the castum castotron um i just thought like because uh, the only thing i knew about haiti was that it was the only successful slave revolt okay so that seemed pretty interesting. You had I wanted the, to you see had the how movie, that shit went down. You had the movie tagline. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just interested to see. I liked uh, Wyclef Jean, so he was from Haiti. That seemed cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Fuji's were cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it. I just thought it was cool, and Castatron did too, so I learned all about that shit. Way to go, Castatron. You did a great job. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say about Haiti? Man, I don't know. There's anything else we could two two Americans really could say about Haiti that much. Uh, I, I I was very interested to learn about the story because I'm the more I. It's so interesting. The more you learn about it, the the more interesting it gets. It's not necessarily. It is just a horrible on paper black and white story of brutality and horror. But within yes. it, there is so much revolting at every turn, you know. Uh, I don't know. It's if a real roller coaster. Ed. We've talked about Quilombos in Brazil. We've uh, I don't know if we've ever touched on Amistad, which was on by sea. We have uh, this one. I know of some that happened, I'm not sure, in Jamaica, uh, where they boiled a uh, slave a slave owner alive in 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 the in the uh, molasses you gotta imagine they did all that shit oh yeah in this one because they did everything that had been done to them <laughs> so they burned their balls off with yeah. burning sugar and threw them in the boil and i mean cut when their you arms off when shit. you treat people hor- horribly uh, in horrifying ways what they learn is horrifying ways to communicate and behave like yeah. I, it, we, we kind of touched on that with bastards of the party last week you know right. a little bit um and uh and that kind of holds true i mean the language that you bring to people is the language they'll learn if you bring being a pedo to the yamamamo they're <laughs> you know they're, they're, right. it's going to be entrenched within the culture and the same thing with uh 
with a with an island that was doing nothing to anybody and then all of a sudden you were like well we can exploit these people and make money and bring more people in and kill those people well, and the funny thing about well it's not funny haha <laughs> yeah. but the thing about this is these weren't uh, natives that were being exploited no, no one there was native because they had already killed them off right the Spanish the <laughs> they Spanish were dead did. yeah yeah the Spanish killed them off before the French took it over a couple hundred years later or whatever so I mean you have to know they probably mixed with them too because well, sure, that happened but, also on Puerto Rico, uh, but they let's just say they did a number on them. They oh yeah. didn't, had nowhere near the population when they when it was their land, so. which is weird because that's exactly how the pilgrims found uh, the East Coast. Is that so many people had gotten sick earlier from interactions with Europeans, mostly like fishermen and people out there and that the disease just spread so quickly down the coast from the upper you know northern peninsula down um that by the time they got there whole places were just emptied because people had already died before they got there doesn't mean they weren't dicks but (laughs) they killed plenty too later you make some good horror you know like that's what's set in like the plagues of the new world kind of man yeah Especially if you did this shit, like the voodoo, like a voodoo god seeking vengeance among the slaves, like some cool shit. A zombie, a zombie yeah, yeah, from yeah. a quilombo. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wild. Like the the more you get to learn about it and put it in some kind of perspective, lay your cards out a little bit, you know, and you kind of understand the plot points that you were taught as a kid, and then how they line up with the rest of the history of the world. Right. It becomes a much more interesting. Um, you can pull the pull the lens back a little bit more, see it from a wider angle, and kind of see the waves as they break against the water or against the land a little bit yeah. of uh, slavery, brutality, history, and uh, all that stuff. I do want to learn more about uh, the debate over whether Toussaint Louverture was yeah. uh, sincere. My guess is that he mostly was, but kind of had to do what he had to do kind of shit. Maybe that's maybe I'm making excuses, but like, I, I don't know. He took advantage of a situation. He got rich, yeah. richer from all of this, but he also abolished slavery in the region. So like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, where does he fall on the Schindler, the Oscar Schindler <laughs> scale? Is right. the question. Was he doing it to save lives or to make money or to do both? Right. <laughs> yeah. And as far as I can tell from Oscar Schindler, he wasn't doing, he wasn't making much money because he was <laughs> one not making a good product and on purpose, and two spending all his money to save lives, even though he. <laughs> and did that change over time with Louverture? Like, did he become more sincere, or maybe he became less sincere as he got more power? Yeah, he was like, whatever, I'll tell these people anything. I'm the fucking governor of San Domingo. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm going to declare myself emperor, which he did when he wrote the new constitution. Yeah. I don't know if I uh, mentioned that, but at one point he declared himself emperor, like emperor. two years before he died. Before This is before the assassination? Or he didn't get He wasn't assassinated. He was sold out by one of his top generals ah, and arrested. Right, yeah. yeah. Man, these people selling people out. Yeah, don't do rough it. times, man. It's no good. We'll see how crazy things get with our upcoming civil war here in the States. That'd be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I'm really uh, hoping it just like falls off the edge and nothing actually happens. That'd be, that'd be good. Falls off the edge. Oh, the yeah. flat earth. Yeah. The flat earth. Yeah. We just, we hit the ice wall and just break through. 
Just float off into space. That's it. Are we in space? Do the flat earthers think it's a flat disc in space? Or is space fake too? Discs in space, 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 space. <laughs> anyway, you got any wrecks? Uh, do I have any wrecks? Still enjoying the um, House of Dragons. People say it's boring. It got gory and sexy this week. So Ooh, love um, some gory sexiness. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned Lock and Key. Uh, that came to a conclusion. So that was a very satisfying series of like four or five seasons. You didn't mention that. That's a Marvel thing? No, it's, or a DC it, thing? it's based on a comic. I believe okay. it's IDW maybe okay. put it out. But, I knew it was um, a comic thing. It's on Netflix. It's just an absolute fun show. I wish there was a little more fun with the keys because um, it's all about these magic keys that can do different things. Like one can go in your memory and your memory is set up however, you know, kind of like in Doctor Sleep. Mm-hmm. Like one of she yeah. had a cathedral and the other girl had like a big old closet full of yeah so you can go into your memory and it's like whatever you want it to be and it's pretty cool magic keys magic keys uh, that sounds cool lock and key is really good it's just it it does tickle that uh, east coast gothy um, uh, American gothic speaking my language stuff. baby I love that stuff I need to show you my John Belair's books because they've got uh, Edward Gorey illustrations yeah, yeah, and that so. Like they, those, they made, that was my like Harry Potter as a kid. Like that's what I read. But, yeah. uh, those are, those are my wrecks, I guess. I, uh, I'm, I'm excited for the Oriel's new release, which is going to come out. They've released two songs now, Beams, which is fantastic. It's what I listened to in New York City the whole time. And, uh, I mean, I listened to some other songs too. Just but on repeat. Just on repeat. Fuck it. Uh, no, that was actually uh, Granite Gaze that I listened to on repeat. That one was like, whew. Wait, that's their other song? No, that's oh. by L- Lankum, and they're an Irish group. Uh, Lankum sounds like a swear word. <laughs> Lankum and Plankum. I uh, I finished Mass Effect. It was pretty cool, but it did that thing where you don't know you're going into the last mission, and I still had side shit I nah, want to do. I hate that, yeah. And, so, and I just can't unless I start over, Right. and I, I'm not going to do that because now I was just today, right before I came over here, uh, I didn't even get past the cinematic because I had to come here, but I didn't know how long it would last. But I started Mass Effect 2, so we'll see if that's any good. Yeah, I was playing a round of Fortnite earlier nice. just to get the adrenaline up. I needed the adrenaline. <laughs> get tonight. the energy up Yeah, for slavery talk. I got in second place. That's not bad. Yeah. It's better than I ever did in the week that I tried to play that game. <laughs> I did play some Rocket League this morning. I suck. <laughs> They say uninstall, and they're probably right. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also have been, uh, I kind of fell off reading the Ursula Le Guin books. I'll probably get back on it eventually. But uh, I did uh, watch a lot of uh, Channel 5 with Andrew Callahan. Oh, he, nice. Is that it? Callahan? Is that yeah, it? I thought that's how you say it. Yeah. That guy, um, oh my God. Yeah. Excellent. Look that shit up on YouTube. He just kind of goes places and lets people <laughs> sound crazy. He interviews weird people. Like he goes to MAGA rallies and like Sturgis and like uh, yeah, uh, Miami Beach somebody's, spring break. Somebody's like, doing a documentary on his uh, s- January 6th stuff. 
Somebody's going to release a document. HBO. HBO just signed a documentary a pen- on him uh, well, covering January 6th. The whole thing. Yeah. Whatever he's got. Yeah. I don't know. They're going to put together something. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be cool. He just, uh, Andrew with Channel 5, just dropped a trailer. And I don't know how the fuck this happened, but Alex Jones did an interview with him <laughs> where Alex Jones, he released a trailer. It's like 20 seconds long. And Alex is screaming, I killed those kids myself. I marched in there and held guns to their heads and killed them. It's my fault. Like he's being sarcastic, but he's just saying like fucked up shit. <laughs> and I don't know how he ever agreed to be interviewed by him. I, I don't understand. It actually makes me sort of suspicious of Andrew. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't to me though because we've been there since uh, uh, what was it? Uh, all gas, no brakes. All gas, no brakes. That was his like, previous. Yeah, thing. his 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 a uh, thing that brought him to yeah. brought him to us all, man. And it was just like the wildest. I mean, it is basically he just goes in there, is the most chill guy. Everybody wants to hang with him, and he just lets people dig their own holes. He doesn't have to do anything. It's he also I think edits it to make people look. Maybe more ridiculous, but he doesn't have to do much. Just the shit he gets people to say I mean, by letting he, him talk is when, wild. When, yeah, when he goes to the Vegas, when he goes to Vegas like that, you don't. No editing needed there. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas needs no editing to be wild. Yeah, so a weird place. Watch Channel Five on YouTube. Uh, maybe play Mass Effect. I gave the first one when I give it like a B minus. Okay, it was good in two thousand seven. It doesn't quite hold up. Yeah, it's okay. I'm guessing the space the sequels are gonna be better. Um, yeah, check out that shit. Check out what, you, what did you talk about? House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon and and, uh, and such. The Oriels. Oriels uh, are awesome. Word up. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. I guess. What do That's we say? Right. Do we say our names right now? I guess we can be like, "Hey, I've been Holiday Rob. I've been Loki Sapfoot, and you were listening to the Problem with Everything podcast. We uh, play play we play this podcast all the time, but we release it every week. <laughs> I listen to it every day, man. <laughs> On all your major podcast networks, every week we have a new topic picked by our good friend Castotron. Uh, I'm using the word good liberally there um <laughs> we've actually just met and smuggled them into our country um, yeah i think is I, i've been calling her a she is she a she is she a they, I, they uh, maybe i only call her that because we dressed her up like your aunt i don't know yeah well uh i think they'll let us know maybe they are a genderless being from beyond the stars yeah um if you have any questions or comments or uh, where do you think Castatron came from? You have a theory? Let us know. Let us know. Uh, email us tpwe.pod at gmail.com. Also, tpwe.pod on Instagram. Uh, you want people to get a hold of you somehow? Or? Yeah, you can get hit me up at Holiday Rob on Twitch, TikTok, and Patreon. You can also not hit me up at Not Holiday Rob on Twitter. Word up. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, I guess. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the topic is. We'll, we'll, we'll figure out what, what we're going to talk about then. It should be interesting, I imagine. Stay cool. Massacre a slave owner. Yeah. yeah.